lot of people got heated about our conversation yesterday, eh? About what? What do you mean? I I I think uh, there are, when contracts and extensions are signed, that's when opinions come out, and everybody, people that feel so strongly one way, debate their side with you know some tastefully and some disrespectfully. I don't know what category to put you in, but but I mean, a lot of people just you know they they have a lot of opinions when money's thrown around. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I get I listen, I gave uh, you know, and we don't need to go go into it because if you want to go back and listen to uh the episodes that we did yesterday, you can do that. I'm not going to get into it very much. That being said, I really I'm really happy for Don Granado because I really like what he's done. Now, y- you know, your your argument is why sign him now? Why not just let him play his contract out? And you know, and see res- what he does with and the it's team respectful. Like I'm not saying it like he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying why now? That was my only question. Yeah. I, okay. I think people misunderstand. And, and the way I look at it is with something they think it's venomous. Go ahead. Yeah, the way I look at it is, I think that he has shown and he has done such an amazing job with building the inner culture and the mindset of these young players that the team is starting to look like on paper that it's going to be much more competitive. I think there's still some time for this team to develop because there is some still some really young players. That being said, I think he deserves a new contract to go to the next phase with this team. Okay, that's Don Granato. When I spoke, and I'm getting like, I got Carlo Koliakobo uh, ripping me on Twitter because... Uh, <laughs> Matias Samuelson has played 54 games and got a seven-year deal. I'm going to tell you, I think that this is a very, very, very good team-friendly contract. It does not look like that right now. You got to remember, Matias Samuelson is going to play one more year this year. At 925000 I think it is, he's going to play as a 22-year-old defenseman He's on the first pair, which is not going to change. Okay. He is only going to get better. So for to finish off his rookie level entry contract, he's going to be a first pair defenseman playing with the best defenseman on the team in Rasmus Dahlin. Then you think about. Well, that that's a lot of money. It, it's that's not a lot, a lot more of, than it, 4.2 million. Uh, exactly coming off an entry level deal. So, so I guess my question is what we talked about the other day, the, the salary cap in four years. So in 2025, 26, the salary cap is supposed to be around 92 million plus. Okay. It's at 82, five right now in four years, it's going to go up $10 million. So Matias Samuelson at that time is going to be only three years into his contract, making $4.3 million or $4.2 million a year. I think players that are number one pair defensemen. Now he's not going and putting up 50 points like Darlene. He's a defending first physical, uh, extremely solid defensively penalty killer. He's going to play against the other team's top uh, lines. I think $4.2 million is going to be an absolute steal when he's three, 
four years into that deal. It's going to be an absolute steal. That's why I'm talking about right now. I think in in very short time, in, in one or two years from now, we're going to look at $4.2 million that he signed. And we're going to think what an I would have paid good Branson $4.2 million to play on, on the third pair here this year on a four-year deal. So, you know, I mean, this guy, okay. I think, is a good Branson minus the fighting and intimidation, which is fine with me. Yeah. He's six five, and he's and he's a bet he's a better player overall than Gabranson. Gabranson's a lot tougher. Well, Gabr- you know, I mean, you do know Gabranson was a third overall pick, right? Yeah, I do know that. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't just mean like Luke Sh- just like Luke Shen was fifth overall. Yeah, we can just enough, go through point. the line of uh, you know guys that didn't live up to their draft status. Okay, well, I I, I was them. with Good Branson at his first training camp in Florida, and I don't think that he. I don't ever think I would have ever seen his career going the way he's had a great career. He's making a shit ton of money. Yeah, All I'm saying he's is been very very solid. I I think I would have seen him as a a more dynamic type player at th- at three overall. But I mean, you remember. A guy named Brian Allen. I played with Brian Allen in Oshawa. Six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, mobile defenseman, left hand shot, hit like a fucking freight train. He would he 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 understood that he had to fight later on in his career because that's what the game uh, required at the time for guys like that. But he ended up playing in Florida, started in Vancouver. He was third overall pick. To me, that's a Matias Samuelson. Brian Allen, and if you go back and look at Brian Allen, how how good he and how effective he was in the NHL, you know, and I bring yeah. only bring him up randomly off the top of my head because I played junior with him the year he went third overall, and you know, I mean, these are special players. So, and, and he ends up being a defensive defenseman, penalty killer, big shot from the point, might have had some time in the power play, but he was a he was a he was a big lumberjack defenseman hit hard and played hard. So that's yep. a Matias Samus. And I think at the end of Brian Allen's career, he's probably making around four and a quarter million. So, I mean, it's, it's all kind of relative, yeah. right? So, but the, the yeah, point I just look, so- I look at the long term of Matias Samuelson's uh, a deal. And I think it's an eight year deal. It's this year that he's finishing off his entry level deal and seven more. So it's an eight total. And I believe with the salary cap that's going to go up in four years, five years, six years. I mean, his he is going to outgrow his contract. He is going to outgrow his contract. Matias Samuelson type players that are playing on the top pairing defenseman, okay, that garners 22, 23 minutes a night because he's playing against the other team's top guys. He's on, on the penalty kill all the time. I think Matias Samuelson, is going to grossly outgrow this contract. And when you put it that way, that you mentioned it's an eight-year deal with one year remaining on his entry level, which will pay him about a million bucks. Give him a million bucks with some probably some games played bonuses in there that you can get on your entry-level deal or whatever. So a million bucks. That brings the next eight years of his AAV, with annual yeah. average value, uh, to 3.85. So yes. even less. So, and I yes. mean, look, look, uh, I, I think even this year he could show the value of a of a guy making three point eight five million dollars. Again, again, I just will re- just tell you my thought on that. Why not let him wait? Why not? Why not let him step into that? I understand the money could be more, but wouldn't you rather be sure paying a player a little bit more? If, than- if this if this young player was was going to get five and a half million dollars for seven years, then I would be a little bit more skeptical. I think his number 
in how he's going to play himself into a role on the Buffalo Sabres moving forward that's on an insanely young team. Okay, this is a very, very, very young team. The old guys on the team are are Alex Tuck. He's 25. Okay, you, you know, you have a, a few outliers on this team. You have a Kyle Poso, a Gergensen, and maybe even a Jeff Skinner, who's what, 30? This is an insanely young team. Matias Samuelson's 22 years old. We're gonna, we have him locked in for the next eight years. This year with his entry-level deal, finishing it off, and seven more. That takes him to the glory days in the next number of years. I, I think he is going to outgrow this contract in the biggest of way. I think Kevin Adams is, is, is gambling a little bit, okay? He gave this guy, everybody's sitting there. We're all looking at Matias Samuelson's, um, um, you know, 54 games played in the NHL. I don't look at the 54 games played, just like I don't look at Owen Power as the uh, in the same situation as Rasmus Dahlin was when he was first overall. He came into the league at 18 years old. Owen Power is not 18 years old. He's 20 years old. He spent more time developing for those two years that Rasmus Dahlin didn't, okay? He's coming in, I would think, that Owen Power is much more, he's going to be much more established immediately right off the bat, okay? I look at Matias Samuelson. He was playing, he was playing, you know, D1 hockey when he was 20 years old. Yeah. Okay. He's, he has had more time to develop. He is now 22 years old. He played a, a, a great, great year in the minors. I remember talking to Mike Weber. Okay. Webby's in the minors. He's uh, with Pex. Um, and I remember asking Mike Weber about Matias Samuelson. I was asking, why is he not called up to the NHL? And he said, he can't. He absolutely 1,000% can play in the NHL, and he would, he would be one of your better defensemen. He goes, but they don't want to rush him. They want him to earn the opportunity to play in the NHL. I, this is all ringing in my ears. I had the biggest smile on my face ever. And I said to, I said to Webby, I'm like, how good is this kid? And you, be? and this is back when you were unsure about Samuelson, correct? Like, you no, were I like- wasn't unsure. I wasn't unsure. He was a second round draft pick. He was the captain of the, the, the world junior championship teams. He went to uh D one college. I think it was, um, I think it was Western Michigan. Um, and he, he became in his second year there at the age of 19, he became an assistant captain on the team. It shows his leadership qualities. It shows who he is. He's not a point producing freak. He's not a point guy. He is a pure defender. He's a puck mover and he skates very well. So All the right. team has had a chance to watch him. They watched him in a play a full year in the minors and how well he played. And he easily could have played on the team, but they didn't want him up on the team. They wanted to play him in the minors to develop him properly. Then he gets called up last year and he took off. Is he going to make mistakes? Yes. He's a very young defenseman. He's 21 years old, but I believe what you're going to get from Matias Samuelson in that, in that very short coming in the next couple years, one, two years, three years, you're going to get a guy who is way worth way more than $4.2 million. 
I think Ken Adams looked at his contract, looked at the type of player, looked at where he's slotted in the next number of years on this team and realizes that in four or five years from now, this guy is going to be worth six, six and a half million dollars. Okay. I like it. I'm happy about it. And their season starts tonight. And we're looking forward to that. And you know what? I, I got to just mention this before we 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 have a, a cool guest coming on today. Someone that I, I really have enjoyed listening to his podcast, which I think has been put on hold, the Wally and Mathot show up in Ottawa, I think. But we'll get to... Uh, Get more input on that from from Mark Mathot's going to join us, and we'll preview the whole Ottawa Senators team and all the improvements and their lines and just kind of a, a preview of the game tonight and the Ottawa season because they're one of the most improved teams, and I want to kind of hear what the buzz is like up in Ottawa. You played with them for a li- little bit in Columbus? Cup of coffee, yeah, right at the end of my career, Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, he wasn't the guy that you fought in preseason, was he? You fought a I'll never forget this. It was your first year here in Buffalo, first preseason. And what are we doing fighting in preseason? I think what, what was I, 34 years well, you old? Fought Holloway. You fought Holloway. Remember, I chased Holloway around in our own zone for like a whole shift. And then finally he wouldn't fight me. So you just dropped the gloves and fucking bubbled him in the corner because he wouldn't fight me. You're like, fuck you. And you dropped your gloves and grabbed him. And then and, and then we're playing in Columbus and I, I was on the bench. And I remember we were you were skating back because the play was coming up ice out of our zone. And you and this guy in the corner, maybe it wasn't Mathot, but I thought it was a French type name. Was it a Savard? I don't there, know. Anyway, so we're you're skating up and you and this guy have been battling in the corner, and all of a sudden, all you hear out of the corner of the, is just this the Craig Reve. And you just looked at the guy, dropped your gloves, and the two of you fucking charged at each other from 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 across the ice. And you really, just, you don't remember, remember that? I don't. Right? I oh, don't. I can't remember the player. I can't remember the guy. I can't remember how the fight went. You didn't lose the fight because I, I I would remember that. But I I I, I don't want to say that you beat the bricks off the guy because I mean maybe he had a, he he did well, but I just I know I remember that. And I thought for some reason it was Mark Mathot, but then well now I'm super curious. Now I got to go look it up. I got to look it up too, but I know I only know that because I just, I remember I was laughing on the bench. I remember I was laughing. I was like, what an animal this guy is like, holy shit. He's like, well, if for, me, for me to yell at him up the ice, he must've done. Yeah. You guys were going me. at it in the corner for, for a while and he, he pissed you off. But anyway, so Mark, my thoughts coming on and yeah, you did play with hell right of here. a defenseman, by the way. Oh my God. I'm going to, I'm going to. Mark Mathot, in the way that he played, is very much the kind of mold that we get with Matias Samuelson. Like if we Mark can Mathot get a Mark Mathot, Mathot out man. of Matias Samuelson, He's, then we're, we're going to be happy. I'm telling you, Mark Mathot, 6'4", 230. He played, he was a very, very good skater. And guess who he played with? He was playing with the elite top players the top defenseman on the, on the, on his, his off, uh, offside. Like, I think he was with Carlson playing with Carlson for a number of years and backing him up with all his, you know, mistakes and stuff like that. Mark Mathot was a super high end defending defenseman and shit, man. You know what his career earnings were? 33 million. Really? 
His last year in the league, his last contract, he was making four point nine million per year. Like this is almost like the perfect comparison, is it not? Well, this is like, what I'm total saying. Coincidence? Like, like you have to understand, like he he was not. I don't even know his point totals, but I don't remember Mark Mathot as being a big point producing defenseman. He was a guy that he that he was extremely physical. He skated exceptionally well. He played a big, um, hard. He played against the other team's top lines. He was a great, great defender. And he was really, he was, he was a big value to the teams that he played on. Okay. And I, I know a few guys that played with him said he was just an awesome teammate. He was a, well, he's a man child. He's, he's like one of those guys that, you know, like he could have not played junior. He could have not worked out a day in his life and he was a fucking man child. Okay. He was just given a gift from God. Like all this, like he, he had a man child body. Like he was a big, big, thick, extremely good shape. Um, and he really had a nice, uh, he really had a nice career, but I, I look at Matthias Samuelson and I look at the way he plays and his ability to shut down top end forwards on the other team, you are going to need those guys. Like you, yes, we're going to want Owen power. Who's going to be floating all over the ice. He's going to be behind the offensive net. He's going to be just going, 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 and going. Darlene's going to do the same thing. Darlene's going to be all over the ice. He's going to move the puck. He's going to join up in the play. He's going to be thinking offensively. Well, it's really, really good. And we haven't had a guy like this in a long time, a very long time. You need a guy who thinks defense first, that that is his priority in his game. It's like they go into games and they, I think, I think defensemen should get paid more money just for that mindset alone, because every defenseman nowadays wants to be a fucking hero. Like not, they want to be, be they want to be, they want to be the uh, Jack uh, or uh, the Quentin Hughes. They want to be Kale McCarr. They want to be all these little guys that make tons of money. Well, here's the thing. You need defenders. You need guys that know how to defend that are obviously physical. They're in the right positions. They're super hard to play against. I think we have that Matias Samuelson. And it's, it's insane that we're actually having Mark Mathot on today because he was a hell of a defender, a hell of a defender. Yeah. Six, four, two thirty, left-hand shot. If I'm not mistaken, Samuelson is a left-hand shot, right? Cause uh, you, you, you know, the guys, you know, the guys that are right-handed shots. Cause everyone talks about righties more than anything. Yeah. He's definitely a left-hand shot. Um, Mark's ready to go. We'll grab him. We'll preview the Sabre Senator season. We'll talk about all this stuff that's going on around the league. Uh, this is great. Welcoming in Mark Mathot to the pod here. And uh, the best part about this is that you guys were teammates and, I was just saying to you, Mark, I was saying, man, if you had Craig, uh, if Craig was uh, a- a- any anything like he was when he was in Buffalo, when he was with you guys, he was just a miserable monster to be around some days. <laughs> well, first of all, thanks for having me, fellas. And yeah, Riv joined us in Columbus, I think my second year there. And I mean, I, I kind of made a joke prior, like having this dinosaur come into the team, but I, I, I knew him so well just from watching him on TV growing up, right? So um, when he came in, he was very serious. Um, I think he had a couple fights too. I mean, he was only with us for like, four, I think he played 14 games. Hey, eh, Rev. I, I, it was, well, it was, uh, 38, um, that I with played Colum- that year in Columbus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you played 38 a- that year. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was a long 38. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I know you, know, you had a couple it was just, scraps. You know, it was you just a little goals. things like, you know, you, you know the way it is when you get moved. You know, I got moved um, basically given away for a bag of pucks, uh, moved to uh, Columbus and, you know, my family, which obviously I had kids at the time and everything. Yeah. And it was just tough to be away. You know, I was at that. I knew I knew when I got traded to Columbus that that was my my last hurrah. I knew that I was done mentally, physically. I was just yeah. ready to, I, I had a great career. I enjoyed every minute of it, but I knew I was done, you know? So you know what's it, was, amazing? it was a tough Is he said the games. same thing to me. He said the same thing to me in 08, 09 when, <laughs> 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 oh, but yeah, but Rev, you had a long career. Like it's, I only played, I mean, I was hurt. I had a couple major injuries, but I only played, I was under 700 games. And even that to me felt like an eternity at times. Like you miss yeah. it when you're out of the game, obviously. Like I, I see all these opening nights happening now. And I was just going back and forth with Fanuff. He was making fun of me for my Instagram post. I, 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 I miss it so much now that I'm out of the game and removed. And when you're in it, you're so focused and like selfish and thinking about yourself and, and yeah. you're stressed all the time. Right. But yep. once you're kind of living this cushy lifestyle afterwards, you just, you just miss the shit out of it. And that's, that's sort of my perspective. I think, well, don't we realize that we could have probably, I mean, I was an in and out of the lineup guy. I mean, I think I sat more games than I actually played. So when I got a six rounder sitting here, I'm a second rounder saying I only played 700 games. I feel like a pile of shit right now. But yeah, but you were terrifying, Pete. Don't sell lot, yourself short. Well, I got that going for me. I bluffed you. Um, but I sit and I just think, you know, and it, it's funny because my brother used to say to me when I was in the summer and I was more anal retentive in the summer when it came to prepping for the season and training camp yeah. and all that stuff that I, I wouldn't. I, I I wouldn't skew from my my regimen until maybe Saturday night. You know what I mean? Same. And and it would be like middle of the afternoon on a Thursday, and my brother would be like, "It's a gorgeous day. Let's go have a couple beers on a patio somewhere." I'm like, "No, I don't want to do that." He's like, "Andrew," he said, "Andrew," and he was he was a career American League guy, and he was a warrior too. But he he said, "Andrew," he said, "You're going to be sitting in your stall in January." And you're going to be thinking about this day, random day in mid-July where you decided to pass on a couple beers and you're about to go out and get murdered in a bag skate because you're not playing or you had a turnover <laughs> last game or something. He's like, and you're going to be saying, fuck, I wish I was sitting back having a couple beers in the summer. And you know what you just said is absolutely accurate. I think I look back to it. I'm like, man, like I would have tried to enjoy being at the rink a little more instead of. Yeah. You know, being terrified by the coaches and GM and my status on the team. But would you yeah. have had the same opportunities, right? Like I, that's the other side of it. It's like if you're not that hyper focused, are you getting that same success? Are you even getting a taste of the NHL? That's so there's give and take. And, I was and a fringe player. You know, I was a fringe player with the seriousness, with as serious as I was. If I were any more casual, I never would have made it to the United League. There you go. Yeah, but you you say that fuck here we go but it is it is ultra it, it is ultra hard to play in this league and i don't care if you're a fringe guy it's hard for a fringe guy to stay in the league you stayed in the league a long time pd and you played a lot you you know you shit on your career he, he does this all the time eh? like he's a great player you know he was he was a he was a piece to the puzzle that that you needed and you did your job well and i'm going to tell you right now every single guy that played with you appreciates what you did well let's talk about let's talk about mark i don't want to talk about me this <laughs> oh, i don't mind this i don't mind my this at all we can keep session. fluffing pd up my therapy's at 2 30 today boys 
<laughs> you know what I, I, I want to ask? And, and, you know, usually when we have uh, usually when we have players on former players that have played a long time in the league, the first question now you, you retired what in 2008 or, or 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a knee injury that just kind of was hampering you and you just couldn't, couldn't uh, just couldn't play, you know, it, yeah. it, and it happens to, to it happens to a lot of us you know my my thought is you know and i always like to ask you know how was that transition you know out of the game because you know we were basically robots for so many years basically starting an almost junior hockey um and moving right into uh, you know the minors into pro hockey into the nhl how was that transition in life in general uh for you it was hard. Um, like a lot of you, like, like a lot of players that do retire, I think you just miss the structure and, and being told what to do, where to go, where to be, and having something to wake up for every day, right? So the first year, and by the way, I, I mean, I didn't get a chance to do it on my own terms. And this isn't a poor me thing. Like, I, <laughs> there are many people that have it far worse. But from my own point of view, it was very difficult because I was such a, you know, pragmatic guy. I was always scheduled, very regimented. And um, and then all of a sudden it's done. And right when it finished, we had our two first, you know, we had our two kids. I had my first in Dallas when I was injured. And then the second, right after I had announced my retirement. So I went from, you know, living that f- fast paced lifestyle to just being a stay at home dad and very hard adjustment. Wasn't sure what the hell I was going to do with myself and a little depressed at times too, just because you're kind of sitting around trying to find yourself again and, you know, figure out what was next. So eventually um, you know, we figured it out and I started doing some radio stuff with the TSN 1200 station here in Ottawa. Yeah. And then of course, Brent Wallace appro- approached me and we started a little podcast thing. So, um, you just have to find something that you enjoy doing. You guys are doing it now too. It gets you out of the, you know, gets you out of the wrapper in the morning and keeps you focused on stuff. And, um, you know, another big one for me was just exercise. I, I train like crazy still almost as if I was playing, obviously I'm not doing box jumps and stuff like that, that require a lot of explosive activity, but, you know, I, I do things that kind of keep me leveled and grounded and um, exercise is a big one right now in my life. How is your body? Like, well, how... hold, on, hold on, hold on. Extend your arm out again. Just your, your arm just out to the side. My arm? Yeah. Just look, look at that, Riv. Look how cardio oh, I step on. Look, no, Don't no, no, no. even start. No. See the veins? That's very impressive. <laughs> That's the Peloton. No, I... Listen, I... See, I'm I have fat gonna... covering my veins now, so yeah. it's, uh, you know, not quite the same. But you're ripped up like no a St. Right Catherine's school bus seat. Yeah. I just, I just, I've always been this way, right? I was, I was like that going into, you know, even going into junior, I always trained like crazy. It was a big part of my game, but yeah, like as far as injuries now, I mean, my knee, my neck, my shoulder, my back, they kind of go come and go in cycles where I have issues and it puts me on the shelf for a few weeks at a time. And that makes things worse, right? When I'm sitting around feeling sorry for myself on the couch during the day and I'm not doing anything, that's, that's when it gets pretty dark. So, um, it's important for me to try to keep moving and, and just feel good every day. It's amazing you say that because I was throwing the football yesterday with my son and he threw me this shit pass and it went down to my feet <laughs> and I went, I went, I had to bend over to pick it up. Oh yeah. And I, and I had to like use my knee to kind of stand up straight. And I was just like, this sucks, man. Like I'm just yeah, throwing man, the same. football with my kid and my fucking back is locking up on me. <laughs> I can't, I can't play on the, on the floor. Like, you know, so, you know, playing road hockey or sorry, uh, mini sticks and stuff on the carpet in the basement or wherever we are in the home. Like I'm always on my feet. I can't put any pressure on my legs like that. So 
that's some of the stuff that I think people kind of don't really see necessarily from what the game can take from us as former players. And it can, it can be very hard for sure. Anyway, that's, that's where I'm at now, but I'm, I'm in a good spot finally and starting to work a little bit more and doing panel work now with TSN and the Ottawa game. So that, uh, that keeps me uh, occupied. I'm glad to hear it. I, I mean, I know we've never met formally on the ice we have, but I'm glad to hear that because I, I think about all my old teammates. I think about, I wonder, I think about them all the time. How are they doing? And, yeah. how, you know, I know guys that have had more significant injuries than others. You know, I, 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 I reach out to guys, you know, kind of on the sides, like, Hey, how you doing? What's happening? How you feeling? How's life? You know what I mean? Just to, because I, I went through, I went through a really bad patch after hockey. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was rough. It was, uh, I don't know if it was an identity thing or what it was, or just like, I, I, I mean, I know what it is now, but I don't want to get into it with you, but I just, I, I, I have that thought about players. Like everyone that you hear retires. I'm like, ah, ah, this guy's walking away from the game. Now the true test begins, you yeah. know, and I sit and, and I, I, you know, I, I, I say, I don't care if guys retire with 10 grand in their account or 10 million in their account. You got to find something to do because you're going to go fucking nuts. Period. Well, it's because- a long, long life after hockey. Hockey's, you know, if you're lucky enough to to play 10 years or, or, or you know, to say 15 years, you are blessed, okay? You know, most guys, um, you know, try and, try and stay as long as they can in the league, but just, uh, you know, don't have the ability to to stay in the league. And then, you know, it seems like your career creeps up on you really, really quick. And then all of a sudden you're done at 33 and you're realizing, I don't know what to do with my life. So you're at home for, you know, um, you know, a period of time where you're trying to figure out, you know, and, tr- and, and, and integrate yourself back into normal life because our lives for many years were not normal. You know, you don't, you don't, uh, you know, go from buses to, to, uh, you know, private planes and, and, you know, you're, you're pampered in every single, uh, way, you know, your, your life is completely lined out for you from the time you wake up in the morning till you go to bed. And it's like that for years and years and years. And a lot of us have a, have a hard time trying to figure out what what phase two is but once you find it you know you're you're you you seem to be you seem to be fine well you don't realize you don't realize how much you're you're, you've missed from that structure or schedule or the lifestyle itself because like and i had this discussion with mclennan with noodles when i retired and was starting to get into the tsn stuff and he was like listen matt like you're you're your own brand now like it's going to be a lot different and and i started experiencing that when i'd go to toronto to do some of the studio stuff i'd stay at the hotel and I get up in the morning, there's no one around, right? Like you're on your own. You're literally by yourself all the time. Whereas when you used to play, you know, you're on the road with the boys and you've got the PR guys and the coaches in the lobby, all the media people. All you got to do is go down to the restaurant and someone's there. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, go down, go down to the hotel for breakfast, uh, the room or whatever. And and you have someone to hang with, you know what I mean? Exactly. So that, that was a sobering, um, you know, uh, experience for me, just kind of getting into that change and, um, dealing with that. And then, you know, obviously just having to kind of take care of yourself. You're like a little lost puppy, like holding on all these receipts now. And I'm having to file invoices, like basic adult life things that most people do normally I'm having to adjust to now all of a sudden. So it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, certainly everything was done for you. Exactly. You literally you've been pampered for years. You know, yeah. if like 
we can't even we can't even make an our own phone call to go to dinner. You're phoning your, you know, your, your media, media guy. Hey, uh, you yeah. think you can phone, uh, you know, this restaurant? Oh yeah. How many, how many guys you want? Oh, I want the eight guys. Are com- you can't even do that on your own. I mean, 100%. you're, 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 it, it, it's, you know what? There's no, there's no concierge in life boys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh shit. But listen, I, I, you know what? We got to get to this Ottawa game. We've been talking yeah. about this, the anticipation of, of obviously, you know, the Ottawa Senators have uh, made some pretty key moves in the offseason. Um, everybody is seems to be talking about one of the one of the more improved teams in the league. And and they're still young. They're still young in that uh, in that development phase. What were what were your thoughts of uh, the preseason, the talk of the team, you know, the the new contracts for some of these guys and. There's quite a buzz up there in Ottawa. And maybe a contract that hasn't been signed yet. What are your thoughts on Alex DeBrinkett? Yeah, that's there's a lot of excitement here right now. I know you guys are sort of getting to that point there soon enough, at least in Buffalo. I, I believe you're probably kind of getting into that window now where you've got some legitimate prospects. There's a bit more of a buzz where even if the expectation level isn't necessarily that high into making it into the postseason, there's still people engaged, right? You want to see where this goes. And so... We're finally there, I believe, in Ottawa, where you've got your core intact and they brought in a bunch of signings. So, you know, players like um, Alex Dabrinkit, as you just mentioned there, Rivi, and uh, Matthew Joseph last year, speedy third line forward on our team right now. And then Tyler Mott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they've they've made some really big adjustments. And then and then guys like Drake Batherson, who we all know was um, came to a halt last year after that dirty, vicious hit by Aaron Dell, uh, which was one of the most gutless things I've ever seen. But in any case, we can talk about that later. But he's coming in now all of a sudden, almost kind of like a new acquisition. And we have Shane Pinto, another young uh, third-line center right now who's probably going to have a sick year. I have him in the Calder conversation potentially. So um, everything just seems to come together right now at the right time for this group. And um, there's just a good mix, guys. I mean, if you look at our top three lines here in Ottawa right now, there's potential. There's a lot of scoring potential all across the board there. And then that fourth line, all the sandpaper we have there right now. So you'll you'll probably familiar, familiarize yourselves a little bit with Parker Kelly. He's kind of a shit disturber, plays pretty well, plays hard. He's on the on the fourth line to, on the left wing. And then Mark Kastelik, the centerman, another uh, younger guy, but a, an absolute beast. And then, of course, Austin Watson, who we all know has been around for a while. Tough guy in his own right. So um things are coming together right now fans are really pumped about it and excited how do they stack up against a team like buffalo i mean i still think they're probably relatively ahead um i know people which have is, high expectations. which i think is frustrating too for people here in buffalo because ottawa the last Why? few because ottawa the last few years anytime the sabers have gone in to play them it is a game that if you want to if your team is starting to take the next step those games against Ottawa the last few years, those games against Detroit, those games yep. against Montreal, those are kind of like the teams measuring that were sticks. below Buffalo. And yeah, there's the, the not a lot that, of them, right? Yeah, the teams you have to leapfrog over in order to even be in a sniff for the wild card spotted. Yeah. And the, the problem here in Buffalo, well, for me, as it pertains to the Sabres, is those teams got a lot better. And they didn't just yep. get a lot better with young talent, they got a lot better with experienced players, which, which puts you ahead three, four years. Yeah. And, and it's funny you say that Petey, cause you're right. I mean, you look at the East guys right now and I'm sure you've talked about this ad nauseum, so I don't need to go 
over oh, too much. Hear like, mentioned leapfrogging teams. I mean, look, like, so who out of that top eight will regress significantly enough to fall out of a spot? So you can make an argument, Washington, maybe, because some significant injuries there, they might fall back a little bit, maybe. Florida, I think Florida's going to take a bit of a dive. I've been saying that all summer. I, I Again, though, like, how significant, right? It, they might drop five spots. They may not be out of contention. So, I mean, for teams like Ottawa, Buffalo, and you mentioned Buffalo earlier there, PD, as far as last year, they people forget here. They finished ahead of Ottawa. Like they weren't, they they were they weren't great, but they weren't terrible, um, considering the lineup and the age in that group. So I don't know, man. And then you've got Detroit, New Jersey, you've got all these teams that have all these high expectations going in. Everyone Jersey. thinks it's their year, right? I forgot about New Jersey. Right. So it's so it's 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 gonna be a there's bit of a gotta be shoot. a change of the guard soon. There has to be. Uh, like I know point, Sid yeah, but, the kid and Malkin and and you know Washington with uh you know Backstrom and 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 yeah. Ovi, like Boston so who's falling out of that top eight. I don't know, but Boston has to fall down sometime. They just got you this kid so Krejci good. fucking Look, scored last night. So this they got a rookie last night. I know. You see the goals that the, the, who scored their goals last night? All their big dogs, the all big their big dogs, dogs. all of them. They all showed up to Hall, yeah. name them, uh, yep. 2.5 million uh, Patrice Bergeron's first goal of the season. Like, they're all their big dogs showed up last night and scored. Yeah, well, even Pasternak had a couple of nasty goals. So it's it's like pick your poison. And that's why when I'm seeing players like that return on some of these teams, and and, and the same can be said about, like, you know, look at Pitt with Cosby and Malkin. Like, I, those players drag everybody along into the battle with them, right? So I just don't see a ton of movement there. So that's why when people ask about Ottawa in our case, I'm like, guys, like, yeah, they're going to probably take a step forward, but I don't know that they can have that 25 point swing back into the postseason compared to last year. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a tall task, but I think so playing I, against I guess, teams like Buffalo, sorry, Riv, but I think playing against teams like Buffalo teams like Philly this year, teams like uh, Detroit, I think Ottawa is still better than those teams. I mean, I, I yeah. think Ottawa has taken, I agree a massive step and I'm not saying they're playoffs, but I'm saying they're going to be a team that I think surprise a lot of teams that you can't sleep on. No, no. And they're going to be hard to play against too. I mean, but the way Brady sort of changed the culture, and I don't want to just put that on Brady Kachuk because there's lots of players here to talk about. And DJ Smith has done a good job kind of mentoring some of these young players, but I, I, I just love the way they play now. Like they're, they're fast, there's a lot more offense up front now, and now Brady's hopefully going to get a little help where he's not having to fight as much as he has, because uh, it just like I, and I like seeing him get in there, and I like seeing him messing things up, especially early on in his career. You're trying to set a tone, create a little space for you moving forward, but um, you know I'm 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 seeing now where you've got a guy like Castellick in there on the fourth line. There's Austin Watson. I don't know how much he's going to be playing. But they've got some guys that can do those things now, which is good. And and just you mentioned Debrinket. I mean, there's another player that I thought going when they picked him up. I didn't know a ton about him. All I remember seeing were the highlight clips of Patrick Kane feeding him one timers, and I'm like, is he going to get that in Ottawa? But then they go and they grab Claude Giroux, and they have Tim still playing with him on the same line. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see that they 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 meshed very well in the preseason. And I think if you look at Buffalo tonight. They're going to have their hands full having to deal with the secondary scoring coming out of Ottawa. That Claude Giroux pickup could be one of the sneakiest signings of the season. Right? He's only a couple years removed from 100 points. Exactly. Like he had 104 points a few years ago. No yeah. hard trophy voting on that, by the way. 
Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, what a pickup. Because he was well, he, and on a smaller role now. He's not having to play top line minutes anymore, right? His role regresses just a little. Doesn't and he's have playing to answer the hard players. questions as the captain. Doesn't have to be exactly. responsible for the losses. It's like it's gonna be a dream. You can worry about the inner makings of the team. Like Brady exactly. Kachuk, you know, Brady Kachuk is the leader of this team. He's he's played a few years in the league now. He's established himself. He um is now in a situation where he has a guy in the lineup for the very first time in probably his career that has been a captain, a long, long, long time captain, and yeah. has been through the war wounds. He And he can doesn't have to wear a letter. He doesn't have to be the top player on the team anymore. He doesn't have to. If, if Claude Giroux doesn't play well, that's not the reason why they're losing. Right. right? I mean, right. Claude Giroux is, at, at the age of 34, can do all his work on the inside of the dressing room. And that's yeah. extremely important and very valuable to a team. Yeah, I, oh, 100%. Like my, yeah, my was, biggest thought when I, when I, when I, the last couple of months just looking at Ottawa, you know, is there a concern right now with DeBrinket and why he has not signed a contract up to this point? <laughs> it's got a lot of people panicking here. And I was just going to add one yeah. point to your Claude Giroux comment. I mean, I wanted to add, and this can't be slept on. He's playing at home. Like he's playing in oh, front yeah, of his hometown yeah. now all of a sudden. Like that's huge. But anyway, um, no, with the brinket, it's it's I think he's playing it's he's playing it cool right now. He had a couple comments that were fairly positive um over the last couple of days where he talked about how he really enjoyed the look of this group and that this seemed like a perfect fit for him. So he's saying all the right things. But I mean, Ottawa's they've they've gone from like a floor team cap wise to potentially now being right right up there over the next couple of years. And he's going to be looking for, I've got, you got to think almost 10 million a year. I, I don't know what he's yeah. going to sign for. I don't know what that term looks like, but that's a big okay. chunk. I'm glad you chunk. said the term because I was, or, or how much, because I was going to ask you how much you think he's looking for. And then it would go to my next question. Isn't it beneficial more for the Ottawa senators to maybe wait? One and we and again I have uh, <laughs> Craig doesn't like this conversation because I said it about Don Granado I said it about uh, Matias Samuelson I said it about Tage Thompson and I'm not saying DeBrinket isn't proven I'm saying DeBrinket isn't proven in Ottawa without yeah. Pat Kane I know you mentioned he's going to have some good players playing with him but from Ottawa's standpoint wouldn't they love to have a really good team this year and DeBrinket only score like 32 goals you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? you don't, yeah, you don't like, want well, him padding his stats. You know, like, like, so yeah, I, I look that's... at it and I just think, I think it, it might be beneficial for both. I think there's more pressure on DeBrinket to perform than it is for Ottawa to sign him today. I agree. I, I well, Brady, I agree. I agree this, from a, from the perspective that no, you don't agree. You respect my opinion. That's I respect your opinion. That is a good point, Pete. And I wouldn't tell you otherwise because I'm terrified. I don't of you. respect listen, his opinion so, at all. It's ridiculous. So so all I'm going to say is th th this. There's no real way around this because the the thing is with DeBrinket, and you guys know, like through negotiating back in your careers, it comes down to the individual too. Like how confident are you in your own game? Right. Like with me, when they were dangling the carrot in front of me, I'm like. Like I'll it was it. really hard for me to like pass on, you know, stay at home D man. I'm like, Oh God, like I need to take advantage. Whereas like a player like Alex to he knows his value. He knows he's going to get his looks. And what's worse. I mean, I guess from, from a team's perspective is that he was getting some success in that preseason. I mean, like he was getting great looks with his line mates, had a couple goals, looked really smooth. 
didn't look like he was struggling or out of play. So, I mean, it's a great thing for the team as far as success goes. But yeah, I mean, like anything else, it comes down to the individual. How confident is he in his own game? And and if he knows his worth, I mean, he's going to get paid either way. I had a preseason. He's played goal. five years shit. in the league. He's played five years in the league. Two of them are 41 goal years. Yeah. He has another season, 52 games played. Yeah. He had 32 goals. He's pretty good. Well, that, people pretty just good. believe that he went in the that's second round for 45 50 his draft year he was a second rounder was he not was he a second or a first i, know, I, know he was uh, I have no idea first. second rounder 39 I, overall yeah you, and i remember above him he was playing i was 34th i uh he was playing with mcdavid and erie and i remember people were like this guy's gonna be a first rounder he should be a first rounder he should be a first rounder and the questions around him were, well, can he do it without McDavid, right? So so he, yeah. they end up going in the second round, and clearly he turns out to be be a whale. But I just sit and I look, and I think that's – I think all eyes and, – and, and when it comes to spotlights in the league, you know, we've talked about other stars and things, but the Alex DeBrinkett situation in Ottawa is is one to definitely keep an eye on this year. Yeah, and, and he's not a big guy. Like, I, I saw him at the golf, the Sens golf tournament – and I don't know any of these players. I'm not trying to be one of the guys. I keep my distance, but I think he had the long drive for like most of the day. And then finally someone in our group beat it. So I remember going up to his, like right up to him when he was sitting at one of the round tables in the lounge area, like after where the, the banquet area is after the tournament. And I kind of tapped him on the back. I'm like, Hey man, like, I don't know how you're going to sleep tonight. One of the guys beat up, like beat your, your drive. And he kind of just looked at me cockeyed and he goes, oh, I'll sleep just fine. And I'm like, okay. And I just kind of walked. He didn't even smirk or smile. He just <laughs> So the point is, he's a very confident guy. I think he knows how good he is and he's got the right attitude. I mean, obviously didn't like me coming up to him at the table, but he's a good dude. I didn't like that he got married so young. I always say that, man. I always have that conversation with players. I'm like, guys. When he got married, I'm like. Hold off. Right? Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm divorced, so it's easy for me to say that now. But good point. I, I look back, I look back, and I just think I was 28 when I got married, and I see these kids, these guys making absolute shit bombs of money, as Riv would say. <laughs> I know. And, and I'm like, it has nothing to do with prenups or half or anything. It's like, man, like fucking live your life. You don't know who you're gonna meet along this path and journey that you're gonna be yeah, on. That's crazy. Know? Well, and and to your point, like you look at the Ottawa players too, like how many guys are like these young players that that wasn't the case when we played are getting locked up to like nine, 10 million a year. Like it's, it's absurd. The amount of money getting thrown around, right? Which is good. I always love it when players get paid, but to your point, we're seeing young guys like making long-term deals now. And it's like, just take your time, man. Don't rush in anything. Enjoy it. Cause they're rolling into their nice cars. They have yeah. no idea how good they have it right now. This they is, do not this is have the twilight of their grasp careers. of fucking reality. Okay. <laughs> Take the eight year deal, not the lifetime deal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Totally. Predictions for tonight. Oh, so, okay. <sighs> Took my question. You want anyway. me to pull up my crystal ball here? Well, I can tell you this as a player, you guys, you guys know, like playing in home openers on the road sucks. At least I hated it because it just takes so long to get the game started. It's kind of a distraction, but you can make an argument that it's a distraction for the home team too. Uh, you know, you got to, you're, the Sabres are going to be flying. There's no question. I think it comes down to Ottawa's offense. I think that'll be overwhelming. One area that I think Buffalo can obviously expose a little bit is the decor. Ottawa's decor is not great. They're not punishing. They're not very physical. Um, they're a little inexperienced. 
I, I, I think it'll be a high scoring game though. I, I'm going to call, I'm going to call a four, three win for the Ottawa senators tonight. I think that's what I'm leaning towards right now. I think it's going to be tighter than people expect. It, how's how's goaltending the confidence in goaltending in Ottawa? Yeah, well, they Cam Talbot, who they just picked up in the summertime, got injured. Yeah. Um, so it's like a midsection injury, I believe. And so he's out for a few weeks. So so Anton Forsberg's gonna have to pick up the pace here for the next month or so. So he's gonna get the lion's share of games. I think he proved himself well last year when he did finally come in. He sort of emerged almost like Craig Anderson. I always use this example where Craig Anderson really found his game, like most goalies, later on, right? So he was about 29 when he sort of kind of came into his own and became a, got the starting job. I feel like there's shades of that in Anton. Craig is in a league of his own, though, in that he's just he's such a smart guy. He's a leader. He could be a little goofy in practice. He does this stand-up style where he's kick-saving, doesn't really give a shit in pregame skates, and then turns it on at game time. So I feel like Craig was a bit of a unicorn in that respect. But Ottawa's got this player now in Anton Forsberg. He's a beast. He trains really hard. He prepares harder than any player, I guess, you know, even in his pregame warmups. He's a bit of an animal. So um, I love his attitude. I think they're finally there. They shed Mac, Matt Murray's contract. We saw how he played last night in Toronto. It wasn't great. Um, so I think that was a great move by Ottawa. And I think they're going to be okay long term. They got two starters, they've got a 1A and a 1B. So it's called Thank You, Matt Murray for uh turning down the deal to buffalo i know and i hate i hate shit talking players guys i hate, i always feel dirty when i'm doing it i but, don't um, i'm 10 yeah. years removed <laughs> Get i don't over give it. a shit anymore yeah <laughs> well but, craig called but, jack eichel a piece of shit last year so you know it's, did he oh, listen oh I mean, yeah pretty easy, yeah. pretty easy <laughs> well there yeah. you go so is jack, has- is jack eichel a piece of shit by the way you know what jack jack had a lot on his plate here in buffalo yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think that the uh, I think the organization was run run very poorly when he was here. I don't think yeah, they that put help. him in a position as a captain when he wasn't a captain, which added more pressure and more on him. And I just think that uh, you know he was miserable. He was not happy, um, and I can understand why. But through adversity, through tough times in your life, you need to act properly especially when you are a public figure and he struggled with that that's I'll all say, you know, i'm gonna tell you something mark i i don't want to turn this into an eichel shit parade but I'm, i'll say this you know what <laughs> i told this story to craig once off the air because craig's told a number of stories about him on the air and i i'm like i don't want to pile on i'm gonna tell you a story one that still kind of hurts a little bit we we worked for the team like we did a tv radio show for the team and i was working for the team at the time and it was their skills competition down at the rink and i was kind of hosting something inside the rink and i brought my son down to the bench at the end of the the end the end of the skate they were finishing and i'll i'll never forget this because of how upset my son was he's forgotten it now he was young enough that he it does, didn't affect him for any for five more minutes but Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt were coming down the bench and they were fist bumping all the kids, all the kids and the parents on the bench. And my my son and I, we were spread out. We were on the visitor's bench toward the end. And my son had his fist out. And Jack saw me. And Jack knew who I was because I've interviewed him. I've talked to him. And I could give two fucks if Jack Eichel likes me or not. Zero. But don't blow my fucking kid off. And he comes down and there's like a five-foot gap between the other kid. He and Sam both looked at me looked at me and fucking turned away from my kid who was hanging over the boards with his fist out. Kid doesn't even like hockey. He's there because of dad. Okay. But he knew it was Jack Eichel. He knew it was Jack Eichel. 
and he knew that Jack Eichel fucking blew him off. And that I knew other stories about Jack blowing fucking kids off. And from that moment on, I never said a word. I would go on the air every day and I would praise his fucking talent and I would talk about his goals and I would, and I never said anything about it. And that moment that that, cause that moment that, that my kid turned to me with disappointment that Jack Eichel just turned up, turned away, like literally, literally. And if you ever asked him about it and he said, I didn't see him bull fucking shit. Cause I'm six, four. Right. And I'll never forget that. So from that moment on, I didn't give a fuck about Jack Eichel. I didn't care one bit. That was it. That was, yeah. And I never, and I never, I've never told that story before, but you brought it up. You know, what's he like? And and Rivs, you know, doesn't really want to go there. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I'll go there because I haven't told this story and I've been sitting on it. And I watched this guy make 10 million bucks and he treated people like fucking shit, kids, especially. And 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 it it goes to show you. How and those important kids it is. pay your ten million dollars salary. Yeah, I know. Well, and that's that's why it's so important as a as a as a pro in the moment to always be on. You could be having a bad day, but you know, you you do one, you make one bonehead move like that, for example. And look what's happening. We're talking about it. How many years later? I mean, it, that was a few weeks. years ago. Yeah. So it, it's like there's no room for it, and and I can't speak on his behalf. Obviously, I can only assume. You know what you were telling me went down, and he literally saw your kid and just decided not to not to go give him a fist pump. But I, I just it it makes it just it makes my blood kind of curdle a little. You know when you hear those stories and you're like, man, you're playing a game for a living. Just just go touch gloves with the kids. You I know, remember okay. guys on our team used to drive by. People would wait outside, and I get it. We know the sniffers. There were always autograph seekers. There were the well, same there's two. Men. Yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah. always they're there them. every day though. They're there every right. day. And and you know, it's okay to drive by those guys. Stop occasionally, but you know, a lot of them are putting your shit online, maybe not mine, but the other guys. Totally. And and but then there are kids there. And I remember guys driving by in their hundred thousand dollar trucks and their fucking sports cars. And it was always the same few guys that would drive by. And and I'm sitting there parked signing, you know, and I'm taking on same. The, you know, and it's like, and here go these, here go these guys that are making fucking millions and they're in a rush to get to their pregame lunch. And I'm just thinking, man, like it, I couldn't say anything to them. I can be like, Hey, how come you don't stop for the kids? Well, especially you know? when it's freezing, like, you know, like, like in Ottawa, Buffalo, like the weather's, the weather's dog shit in the winter time, you know, how cold it gets. And when you see them out there and they're freezing their tails off just to get either a little selfie or a, or a little scribble on a piece of paper. It's like, just, just, just give them that. It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Anyway, I agree. Riv, you're smiling. Yeah. You look like you want to say something. No, no, okay. I've, I've said enough. <laughs> the worst are the guys out there though, that bring the babies with the extra large hockey jerseys in their head. Oh, like- don't, don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or the seekers that are like, you know what? Not like you go to sign with like a black pen or something like, no, 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 no. I want you to use the blue one because the blue one <laughs> apparently gets some more coin or whatever online. And I'm thinking like, but, yeah. but there are also experiences like we would be in Toronto and, you know, we're staying at the Ritz Carlton. And when I would, when I was playing there and Eric Carlson was my, you know, we were always kind of around each other. He was my D partner and we'd be walking out to the bus and like a bunch of parrots and pigeons. They'd just be like, Eric, 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 like nonstop as he's making his way to the bus, which is about 20 feet away from the door. And you know th- these were very clearly seekers. So he keeps walking. The moment he stepped foot on the on the bus, fuck you, Eric. Fuck you, Eric. You suck. Like you know they were all over him. So I can understand from a player's perspective that you'd get a little jaded from that stuff. 
But to yeah. your point, Petey, when you see the player, like when you see parents with a few young kids yes. and they just want you to sign their little Buffalo Sabres or Ottawa Senators jersey, go and do and it. And you can exclude the guy standing next to him trying exactly. to get it, you know, just who wants you to sign with the blue markers. But like, no, I yeah. got you yesterday. And for those listening that are like, I don't understand, like the Seekers have binders with like six of the same card of yours <laughs> yeah. on the same page. And they want you to sign all six or eight of them or whatever it is. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's exhausting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, and you know, they're selling them. Yeah. Well, I remember you know I, what? There, there's all different ways of looking at it though. When I was younger, especially in Montreal, we had an extreme, extreme, probably the top in the NHL oh, for, for, sure. for card seekers. Um, when I was younger, I was very, very naive and, you know, was uh, kind of like, didn't want to give them the time of day because I thought I was the thought I was the shit. I had to do it every day. It started to get annoying. And then I started to realize once I was later on in my career that a lot of these guys that are going there to get a card signed that they're probably going to sell for five dollars. What are they doing with that money? A lot of those guys you see at the NHL hockey games. There's they're taking the 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 week to to get cards signed, sign it in blue, big freaking deal. Um, because they're turning around and buying tickets. They're turning yeah, around well, trying to, to, that's assuming they are buying tickets. I'll give you that. Maybe well, even if they're not, if a guy's going to stand there for two hours in the cold, Boy. freezing weather to get that's a, a $5 card signed and have it signed by multiple guys, you're not making a whole lot of coin. Okay. So yeah. it's just like when you sit there and put it aside, is it going to ruin your day just to fricking sign the cards? Just sign the cards. Sir, just do what uh, you got to do. Sergey Fedorov, when I played with him briefly in Columbus, there, Riv, like he was there with us the one year. I forget what would that have been my rookie year. I forget now. But, Sergey Fedorov played in Columbus. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did, and he would always encourage the young guys like myself to buy Ferraris because they were apparently good investments. That's another conversation. So he would never sign. He would never sign cards because it decreased the value of his cards, right? Like he would, he was very much in tune with that in that, you know, he's like, I'm only going to sign occasionally because I want my card to be more valuable. So that was a different perspective from like a star player that was probably asked all the time. I'm not I played with Marty Berdur in, in New Jersey. He had two different autographs. He had one for the guys that he sees regularly that he knows sells it. And he had one for the, the kids and his teammates and stuff like that for genuine fans that just wanted his autograph because he's Marty Berdura and they want to keep oh, fair it. Fair enough. It was unbelievable. I was like, you really have two autographs? He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, you should see everybody when they stand out there with cards. And that's like, that's the, he's probably the greatest player caliber that I ever played with. So yeah. to hear him say something like that, I thought that was, that was pretty cool as well. Smart. Let's let's talk a little bit about stuff around the league before we let you go here. And by the way, I sure. uh, would love to have you on again. You know, you know, yeah. keep bringing you on. This is this is great. Um, Toronto, Montreal. How happy are you last night that the Habs took down the Leafs? <laughs> Listen, I was having this conversation with who the hell was I talking to prior to the game? I was talking to someone, and, and I was saying like like just to see them shit the bed in that first game for me at least. And I, I'm, I am a little bit of a hater because I grew up in Ottawa and it was always Toronto, 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 especially in those early years when Ottawa came in. So you kind of grow up with a bit of a chip on your shoulder here because we're like the little sibling between Montreal and Toronto and we're wedged in the middle. We kind of get lost in that conversation, but um, it made me happy. It did. I'd be lying if I said otherwise. And I, I called, I had a discussion with a media member. I won't throw him under the bus, but it was just before. Uh, it was about five days ago. I posted on 
my Twitter where I had this take that Toronto's D could get exposed just just a little bit because I thought they were a little they're a little slow back there. The game is a lot different now. It's all speed. And um, I got a little par- bark back from some fans and I thought, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to step away. I'll see how this first game plays out and true to form, you know, like that, that second pairing in Toronto with Muzzin and, and, and Hall, they, they were dashed to now that could just be a one-off. I know it's just one game. I'm not saying people need to push the panic button, but between that, between that and Matt Murray right now in the back end. Like, is that a playoff team that's going to go the distance? I mean, you can't have your decor being a liability. You can't have your your goaltending be a potential question mark. So to me, we all know they can score goals. We all know they're, you know, top tier in the league. They're the gold standard of those top two lines. They're incredibly dangerous. Nylander's probably going to have a great year. I don't know. We'll see. But without a good, strong decor, they can move their feet. And a, a competent goaltender, you're not really going to go anywhere. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I I was happy to see it. I was happy to hear Sheldon Keith <laughs> say this is unacceptable. And I think the I think the Leafs. I before you brought up the 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 defensive deficiencies, maybe that that they might have. I I, I mean, yeah. Craig and I have thought for the longest time this was the best team they've had on paper in years, and they are, and they Listen. are. I'm not saying they are not, but I mean, if you're going to stack them up against Colorado, uh, Carolina, New York, like I don't know, man. Like I don't see it. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and and Connor McJesus getting her done out there out west. Eh? I mean, he's uh, insane. I mean, like, what do you what do you even say anymore about his game? I mean, he comes out. He had some major distractions this summer. Obviously, all the the off ice stuff that was going on, and he handled it like a pro. Comes out, scores three in his first game. I mean, it's it speaks volumes to where he's at. How far above and beyond he is. Not bad for the second best player in the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Petey Not said. Bad. He thinks. I, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I wrong to think that Kale McCarr is the best player in the league? He's. I don't like comparing forwards and D-men. I, I I do understand the argument, and you can make a legitimate one right now. But if you had to take one, one right who are you taking? If you had to take one, just be honest. Uh, I got to go. Fuck. And I'm a D-man. I got to go with McDavid, though. I have to. Sorry, Petey. I got to go with McDavid. Like, no M- brainer. McCarr is no nasty. Brainer. But, I mean, come on. This has been great, man. We we've uh, we've really enjoyed having you on. Great analysis, and we'll we'll do this again really soon if you're up for yeah, it. Yeah, well, thanks Love for it, having man. me, guys. We'll uh, we'll have more to talk about once we actually have some games under our belt here. So I'm looking Absolutely. forward to it. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter After the Whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.